I um, realize that we have uh, Danielle sharing with us this morning, uh, who is a very good friend of mine. Uh, but after she shared last time, one of the leaders here said, I know some people are kind of very aware of who Danielle is, but some people might not know. So I'm going to do something really awkward, Danielle, and read out your bio. And uh, <laughs> Danielle, let's love lead her to inspire. <laughs> It's, it's fun watching Danielle shrink at times like this. Challenge, provoke, and disrupt the present to live the future now. Having lived in different cultures and contexts around the world, she celebrates diversity and deeply longs for wrong things to be made right. This is pretty good. I'd be happy with this. Danielle practices following Jesus daily. This pursuit has led to exciting entrepreneurial exploits, co-founding multiple charities and nonprofits, and less exciting failures, which we don't often talk about. <laughs> All of this is convinced of the deep need of, of, of the deep need we all have for hope, faith, and love. Her deepest longing is to demonstrate what living that life looks like. She's written over six books, has a podcast which celebrated half a million downloads this year. Not to plug this too much, but that podcast is called The Right Side Up with Danielle Strickland and James Scholl. <laughs> I'm responsible for easily 12 of those half a million, I want to say. <laughs> My mum, my girlfriend, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> and she speaks at people at events all over the world. Her home is in Toronto, she, where she lives with her three sons and husband, Steve. I will say, you're just done with this now. <laughs> yeah, okay, we did it. <laughs> um, so let's give her a round of applause. That seems like appropriate. So Danielle and I have this uh, podcast uh, where we kind of have a podcast where we talk about interesting things. And usually I do a bunch of research and then you just turn up and are brilliant. So we're going like, to continue doing that today, I think. Um, so as some of you might know, our series for Lent is the I Am Statements of Jesus, where Jesus says, I am. You should have all had a bookmark. I'm told that... Uh, I'm very excited about the bookmarks anyway. Uh, <laughs> and this week we're talking about Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life, which is quite a bold statement, quite a lot to dissect there. And we thought, why not have two of us talk about it? Um, I'm going to read from a slightly different translation because it's something that we've been kind of chewing on and meditating. Um, you can follow along with in your pew Bibles, but it might not be as easy. Uh, this is taken from John 14, and I'm reading from the First Nations version. Uh, and this is a translation that's been done by First Nations scholars from, I forget, a lot of uh, different First Nations communities, um, something that's really been this wonderful thing that they've worked on together. Uh, and some of the language they use, I think, is uh, helps us think a bit differently, is really helpful for me. I've been reading this in my devotions for the last few months. So you might hear some things that sound a bit different, and that's kind of the idea. So John 14, starting at verse 1 in the FNV says, Do not let your hearts fall to the ground, he encouraged them. Trust in God, the great spirit, and trust in me. My father's lodge has room for everyone. If this were not so, then why would I tell you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When I am finished, I will come back to you so that you will always be with me. You already know the path where I am going. Thomas interrupted him and said, Wisdom keeper, if we do not know where you are going, how can we know the path? I am the great spirit's pathway, the truth about who he really is, 
and the life of beauty and harmony he offers to all. There is no other guide who can take you to the Father. To know me is to know my Father. So from now on, you know him and have seen him. Right? <laughs> oh, is that Mike working? As I said, it, it wouldn't be Wellspring, so we can do this. <laughs> it's kind of like the podcast, yeah. There was a time I can riff for a bit. We recorded this mini-series last summer, and we recorded the start of it five different times, and take three was so good. Like That's the best podcast we've ever recorded, and it just wasn't working. Do you want me to grab Caitlin's mic? Yeah. Yeah, it's great to be here. I really love your church. I was actually here on Wednesday praying uh, in the building. Uh, James hosted our, I, I, I have a group of friends that come and pray once a month. We have a prayer day. And um, it was a beautiful time of prayer. So like your hospitality is beyond even on Sundays, but I really appreciate um, the openness of this community and uh, James's friendship. So um, first of all, could I just say that the I am statements of Jesus are epic and so helpful. Um, and also, of course, I'm sure you've already covered this, but back, it's a flashback to, to God revealing who he is to Moses, right, in the beginning, and even Abraham, but that I am. Uh, my favorite description of the I am, that I am of God's revelation is the eternal now that God is eternally now. The present moment is where we find God so that we are constantly tempted to uh, find past, um, which is really a religious kind of construct, like this is how we did it before, or constantly looking ahead uh, in that this is how it should be, or this is how we perceive it should be. And, there, and that God is always, and Jesus is constantly going like, no, no, right here, right now is where I am. Like, I am eternally present in this moment, in this time. So that to follow Jesus, rather than be this construct of religious principles, or this, like, assumption that it's going to look like this when God shows up, God is right here, right now. And it's eternal all the time, right here, this present moment. And I love that yeah. so much, even in uh, worship beforehand, feeling, and all those songs were sort of this invitation. Like, even sometimes people will say, like, why are we praying for Jesus to come when Jesus has come? Mm. But even, I think for me, it, the songs before that Jesus uh, come were like, open me. It's like, would you come to this place right now, to my mind right here today, to my heart, to my concerns, to my storm, to my worry? There is this, like, tuning in to the God who is present all the time. And that's kind of the premise for the, all the I am statements uh, at least for me, is that this is how we find God right now. Um, and that's got to be good news. I think even <laughs> part of that as well is accepting that there are times when kind of God goes where God isn't welcome, but I think God also like honors our consent at the end of the day. And yeah. if we say, God, here I am, mm -hmm. God honors that. And if we say, I'm really closed off, then again, God is actually mm -hmm. gentle enough and his grace is such yeah. that God won't go where he's not wanted a lot of the time because that's, you know, that's just honoring of, of us, I think. Um, One of the most powerful um, times of worship I've ever been in was with a, a group of young people who had been raised in a fairly um, formal religious setting. And uh, 
they encountered God. Like they just encountered the spirit of God for right now. And I remember this one guy, it was, we had this, it was kind of a little out of control. The worship became sort of uncontrollable, which is kind of God at work right now. And um, he, he was sharing his story and he said, just last week I was walking across my university campus and I just walked across the campus and I just was like, F you God. <laughs> and then he said, and he just fell to his knees and he started to weep and he said, I didn't know he was real. I didn't know he was real. I didn't know he was real. And I, I think that's a little bit of these, like even Thomas, like how are we going to know what to do and when to do it? And, and Jesus is like, no, that's, that I am yeah. what to do and how to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am right here present in this moment, in this time. I am the way. Um, in that opening our heart to the realness of Christ, to the realness of the spirit, to the the willingness of God to be here right now in the moment that we find ourselves in is, I think, what he's trying to say. <laughs> and again, it's kind of, it's hilariously gentle. And at the same time, I'm like, how does Jesus not get frustrated more? Like, well, how will we know? And it's like, you, this is during the Last Supper that this takes part in. Mm -hmm. So Thomas has been walking alongside Jesus for three years now. It's like, yeah. how will we know? Like, have you not been paying attention? Like, I feel I've made this kind of obvious over the last three years. Like, how will we know what's good? Like, yes. you've seen it. <laughs> you've been around it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Except when you, you have, I hope you have some mercy for him as we think about our own lives and our tendencies, right? To want things to be about a belief system or to want things to be about right thought or to want things to be about right systems or structures and to forget all the time that actually this is not about those things. I mean, this might lead to beautiful structures and systems, but this is about here now with Jesus. I am what the father, I am the father. I am God. I am the one that you're longing for and wanting to worship. It's beautiful. I have no mercy for him. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you just get it so quickly all yeah, the time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Looking at my life, you can disciple. see. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, yeah, we were talking about kind of breaking down. There's those three pieces, the way, the truth, and the life. And yeah. those, each one of those, I feel, is a kind of sermon series yeah. by themselves. Yes. And so we have the unenviable task of kind of breaking them down a little bit. Uh, one of the things we really liked about um, the First Nation translation uh, is that Jesus says, I'm the great spirit's pathway. Yeah. Um, other, other times he talks about the kingdom as the good road from above. Yes. And I think that's uh, what we kind of liked about that in our discussions is it's very much a kind of ongoing journey rather yes. than a destination. And I think sometimes Christians has often made this about like it's about where we're going in the end uh, to the point where we've kind of ignored Jesus's example of how we should be now. Yeah, and I think, you know, they intentionally replaced the word kingdom, which has been traditionally one of my favorite words. So it was really I've also been reading through this translation and realizing that that kingdom, even though we understand it's the reign of God, the idea of kingdom is like God is in charge here. And so wherever God's reign is, is where the kingdom is. But of course, it's still the word kingdom still uh, kind of holds some conquest, colonial, we're coming to take over and to build this thing and we'll be in charge of it. Kind of like there's this, this, this sort of remnant of that kind of thinking. And so the idea of replacing that idea of like kingdom with good, good road, good road from above or the pathway 
I think is really a, a very helpful intentional shift for us as we try to decolonize our imagination about what it is like, who God is and what God is like. So rather than let's go build the kingdom, the invitation is like, let's walk, a, let's walk on a pathway. Let, like that's, let's um, discover the way of what life looks like when, when the spirit is leading us. And I think that's been very helpful to me because I guess maybe because of my natural inclination to like conquer and build and do something great for God. Again, that's all kind of also built in the future instead of in the present. And it's also very like, we've got to get it right. Like we've got to do that. Like it's all very still conquesty. So for me, that invitation that this translation offers, and I think this invitation that Jesus is constantly offering, which is like, can you stop? conquering things and places and people and and actually walk with me could you just let me lead you could you could you let go of all those expectations of how this is supposed to look and just be present with me right here right now um and even in this context jesus has just done what shouldn't be done by a leader he's just sort of uh in the in the uh, washing of the disciples' feet, he's just upside down the world, the value system, the cultural dominate, the idea of hierarchy. So he's just revealed himself as the ultimate authority and then demonstrated that authority by washing, taking the lowest position possible. And the disciples are in a, ah, like, <laughs> so Thomas is partly like, how do I do this? You know, like, how can I do this? I don't know if anyone else have, has felt this way in your own uh, walk with Jesus, but like, how do I do this is like a panicked response to like, I know this is not a natural thing to do. Like, I know this doesn't make any sense. I know this is difficult and hard. So give me the, give me the plan. Like, give me the co coach me in the strategy to do this and I feel like Jesus is like I am the strategy like you cannot do this apart from my present work and invitation in this moment right now and that's a real discipline that's a that's a real um yeah that's it sounds real hard. good but it's <laughs> not easy <laughs> yeah yeah it's hard but good and better than any other um strategy you know, so what's been really interesting to me, I, this wasn't, we didn't talk about this ahead of time, which I'm sure. Great. <laughs> Why would we? But I believe for most part in our lives, our belief system is ahead of our practice. And so it, it trips us up. Um, and what, so the best way I can illustrate this in my own life is I used to be a runner like a proper run. I ran marathons and all kinds of things. And then I had a bunch of kids and then that wrecked my body. Well, it's easier to blame them than me. So, um, and literally like then some things started, like my body shut down, like I broke my foot and I hurt my back and I couldn't run anymore. But the problem is that because I was a runner, I know all the things about running. Like I know how it works. I know. And then also my memory of running is like, I could just go run a 10 K and come home and call it like have a little glass of water, call it a day. But after 10 years of not running, every time I would try to run again, I would injure myself pretty much because I would, I wasn't ready for that. And, but my knowledge of running was ahead of my practice. And so literally it just, and then if I didn't run the way that I remembered being able to run, I would beat myself up. It would be like a shame fest of like, you're such a slacker. You know what I mean? Which is like, so I, I accidentally discovered a thing when I bought my iPhone, it came with this membership to this coaching platform for running. 
And I remember the first time I tried this out where you can just do a guided coached run. So I was like, all I want to do is run like a 5K and I'm a beginner, you know? So I just put like, I'm a beginner, even though it, it took a lot for me to get there. But I'm like, okay, but okay, I'm a beginner and I'm just starting this again after 10 years. So like I put in the 5K beginner and I went for the run. And the coach, there's a coach with me on this run. And the coach is saying in my ear, so I'm starting to run. And the is, coach- Is it a real person or like a program? It's a program wow. run, but it's a person in your ear. Okay, all right. So it's, and anyway, so they, we probably should have talked about this ahead of time. But anyway, <laughs> the person is saying, like they're like a literal, like an Olympic coach or something way overqualified to coach me. But here we are. And they're like, okay, look, when I, like, congratulations, you've begun. That's a big deal. Like, just take a moment to thank yourself for getting out of the house and putting your running shoes on. So then you're like, oh, yeah, way to go. So I'm like, way to go, Danielle. Like, you, you're running, and that's a big deal. And then the next part is like, look, this first kilometer, like, I don't want you to slow down. Like, he's in my, he's like, slow down. I want you to take this first kilometer super easy because you're warming up your body and you're, and all this stuff is happening as I'm running. And I literally, like, had the best 5K of my life. And I realized, ah, oh, I see. I have all this knowledge. But actually, the practice in the moment of running right now where I am in this space and time is actually what I need to do. And I feel like that's Jesus' invitation. I am the way. Like, I'm right here right now telling you. I don't care how you used to do your Christian walk. Like I don't, it doesn't matter how, what, it, it doesn't even matter how great your belief system is and how great you are at theology. Actually, right now, I'm going to instruct you. I need you to like be kind to yourself in this moment. I need you to open to my voice in this moment. I need you to speed up right now. I need you to slow down right now. I need you to, and that like, can it be Jesus is the greatest coach of all time because he's ever present all the time in whatever situation we are and always speaking to us if we could open and listen and always willing to give us what it is that we need if we're willing to go beginner do it again you know beginner do it again beginner do it again and so I, I feel like the way it's that it's this Jesus is the way he is with us I am ever present for what we need this minute and if we could suspend some of our it should be this way or it was this way before or I have this perceived idea of it I should be running this much or the, it, it, we, if we could just cut that out and tune in to the spirit of God being the way being the truth being the life for this moment right now it would liberate us yeah other times when the knowledge that we have stops us listening to the teacher that we should be listening to right um and I think Thomas, I think there's a little bit of that going on, even with Peter in that story and with Thomas just sort of saying like, well, if you're going to wash my feet, you should wash the whole of me, you know, just this, this inclination to do and to participate in a way we think it should look like or it looked like in the past. Um, but actually, there is this moment right now that God is working in. And I think even as a community, as a church community, right, again, you can have this inclination to this glorious past story that that you've had or a horrible past story that you've had or you can have this like it should look like this in the future instead of the humility and the openness to the I am the way right now um, that's harder than it seems but yep. also much more liberating to say what is the way right now for us and to stay there I think that 
and that requires a humility which is difficult um you know we kind of certainty is is really attractive yes uh, and and being willing to be changed in quite like requires this humility which i think does not come easily and i don't think is celebrated actually like when we look at the people we kind of the examples we have of successful people now uh humility is not necessarily something we (laughs) look for uh i get that I'll, I'll read it just because I, I love this like this interplay in, in John 13. Like Jesus knew that his father had put all things in his hands. He had come from the great spirit and was returning to him. Knowing all of this during the meal, creator sets free. That's Jesus. Got up from the table, took off his outer garments and wrapped a cloth around himself like a sash. He poured water into a vessel. One by one, he began to wash the feet as of his fellows and dry them with the cloth. So there's... It's not that we kind of have this idea of like a servant and uh, authority or power being kind of distant concepts. Like they are completely intertwined. Like it's impossible to be one without the other. And again, Jesus exemplifies what godly authority looks like. I honestly don't think any more clearer than he does here. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things I kind of dwell on is that Jesus showing this is the way. God, Jesus isn't any less God when he's washing his disciples' feet. In fact, I think that is as God as he gets. And more to the point, that doesn't diminish the role of God. Instead, it elevates kind of what servanthood and humility is. These things are inherently, like, it's weird to think of God as being, like, humble. But no, like, I think humility is just knowing who Who you you are. are, Mm -hmm. And God knows exactly who God is. So that makes sense, right? Yeah, and think about if you don't have to prove something and you don't have to please anybody how liberating it is to just be Mm. what it is you're called to be so that and that that presence of god with you in this moment alleviates that ability that that pressure that you feel to prove something or to please people and just to to be who you are and of course we know god is love so as god serves as god washes feet as god it's the liberatingness of god as love he doesn't need to conform to roman standards or our expectations or even the disciples need for a big strong leader he can be love and so could we and what would it look like if our lives the way of jesus as the way of love what would it look like for us to follow in that way um wow that would be liberating I feel that way for maybe like seven minutes a month, and it's awesome. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> it feels really great. Right. Uh, the other image that I had that when I was praying about this morning um, is a, an image that keeps returning to me, uh, which is a friend of mine who was in a really, really dark, dark spot in her life. Her name was Pat. And she described this vision that she had. She had grown up in the church, and... Um, and she had sort of succumbed to a bunch of addiction and a bunch of things in her life. And her friends from the church would always sort of be like, we're praying for you. And like, we wish we could do something. Her parents were distraught about the situation that she was in. And uh, she said she had this full on dream one night and the dream was her in a pit. And she would say like, even though I wasn't interested in this religious construct that I grew up in, I, my life was still pretty shit. So she's like, literally, she said she had this picture of her in a pit full of human refuse, you know, and like she was chained in this pit and it was like this crap was just growing and she could look up from the pit and she would see her friends from church praying for her and she would see her parents sort of distraught going like, come on, like get out of the pit, get out of the pit. And she's just there going like, I can't get out of the pit. And then she said in this dream, she saw Jesus come. 
and she said she saw Jesus and she thought to herself, oh great, like here's another one who just stands at the top sort of going like, come on out of the pit. And she said then she saw to her shock and horror actually Jesus turn around and lower himself into the pit. And she said in the dream I was even like, what are you doing now? We're both stuck in a pit. You know, like just like what on earth and she said she just the thought this like she saw sunday school jesus you know in the white gown and stuff and she said he, i just saw him with all this human my crap all over him you know just and she said i said what are you doing now we're both stuck and he turns around and and she said he smiled at me and he goes yeah but i know the way out and in the dream he undid her chains and there was a a door there was a trap door that he knew about and he opened up the door and kind of all this sewage kind of started pouring out this door and he's like follow me and he starts walking through this and she follows him out and actually got free and uh, tells that story of her beginning to understand that Jesus is the way not shouting from a distance at the top of a pit going like if only you could get your act together we could go somewhere together but lowering into this is our human condition and Jesus is not afraid of it Jesus knows it and Jesus is willing to get up close and personal in the present tense to say I know how to move out of this um, crap follow me and even with joy right yeah. whether that crap is like addiction or your own you know the consequences of your own actions or whether that is just religious constructs that have kept you you know stuck like it might be for Thomas or like it might be for Peter um, the way out is is Jesus present with us showing us what to do in this moment in this time I'll wrap up this part with a quote from uh, our friend Leonardo Boff who you don't know about this but uh, I quote him a lot because his name's great and his thinking's even better uh, it's a, Jesus as the way isn't a distant goal uh, but a daily path that we walk with him. He accompanies in our joys and sorrows and our successes and failures and our hopes and in our fears. So I want to try this exercise if it's okay with you guys. Are you up for some participatory fun? You guys, are you still, <laughs> you still awake out there's there? Like, there's like five people into this as an idea. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So this is a listening prayer exercise, really, um, that I use in my own life that's been really helpful to me and some others, where it's just where we start to cultivate an openness to listen for ourselves, for the Spirit of God, uh, and for Jesus to come and speak to us. So what I invite you to do is just close your eyes if, if it's helpful to you. And we're just going to open, um, Ephesians puts it like this, the imaginations of our heart. Um, if it's easier for you, just your mind, your imagination. Let's just ask God to use our imaginations for, um, for a place, for a screen almost, for him to speak to us. And I want you to just imagine yourself in the safest possible place you can picture. It might be a place that you've been in before or it might be just in your imagination just the safest possible place and then uh, I'd love for you to just invite Jesus to meet you there
And then we're just going to ask Jesus some questions. So Jesus, what is making you happy these days? What are you joyful about? Jesus, what's making you sad? Why? Jesus, if you could take me anywhere, where would it be? And why? Jesus, if we could play a game, what would it be? And why? And Jesus, if you could ask me one question, what would it be? And why? And Jesus, what do you like about me? Jesus, thank you that you are alive, that you speak, that you're the way and the truth and the life. Keep leading us. Keep showing us. Keep talking to us. We need you. Amen. Amen. And just for interest, is there anyone that would maybe like to share or are there questions that you have based on this exercise that you're kind of like, ah, that you need to, need to uh, have answered? Any? Y'all are so humble. Anything you've heard that might have been like, ah, oh, that was. Shall I go first? Yeah. Will that crack people open? I don't know. I think uh, one of, yo, the question that really stood out to me is that, yeah, if we could play a game, what would we play? Um, and that to me is, is this wonderful reminder that uh, Jesus is in the fun times as well. I yeah. think uh, some of us have such a kind of like that kind of mission and vision. And I'm like, if I'm not doing kingdom work 
every second, every moment, I'm kind of letting God down, right? Like, how dare I have a have a beat? Yes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this idea of, of Jesus being and and we know this, and I know we've done podcasts on this as well, of kind of God being fun. Uh, and uh, Jesus having a good time, and but yeah, and Jesus got criticized for having a good time. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's interesting, isn't it? One of the things yeah. he was so fiercely criticized for. Yeah. It's like, looks like you, you're having a good time hanging out with these people you shouldn't right. like. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, like obviously, like what? How, what else do you think this what is going to be? Game? Oh, oh, like some ridiculously horrible strategy game that I love playing, but no one else does. What is it? Like Risk or something? Oh no, way! What? It takes like four hours. No, Settlers but, of Catan. The, the, Way more complicated, like way more like. <laughs> What's it called? Just tell me that. It's, tell me. Uh, it's called Frosthaven, okay? Like Frost it's Haven. a re- Thank you. It's That's a what really difficult game that, that takes hours difficult. to play, and okay. like, it's a, but like the point was that the it's like there's time. Like yeah. that, it doesn't need to, to be something that's rushed. It doesn't need yeah. to be something. It's like okay, we've got to get this done because there's stuff to do. Yeah. It's like no, we can just be present and enjoy this moment. So anyone else have a game? Anyone else get a a game? so beautiful so helpful isn't it different i also this idea that in like this truth that god is speaking to us what we need for right now in our lives this is the the way (laughs) uh without being too mandalorian about it but this is the way right that that god is at work in our lives speaking and inviting us all the time and it's like tuning in now um one of the greatest uh, sort of critiques or like confusions about an exercise like that is people will say, how do I know that's God? How do I know that's God and not me? And I think this is where we get to truth, uh, where it goes the way, the truth, and the life. I think rather than ask that question, which is a very hard question to answer in any respect, how do I know this is God and not me? Uh, that beautiful worship that was uh, that we, we, we participated in, how do we know, was that God or was that uh, Caitlin? Yeah, it's just Caitlin and Chad being excellent. Was it Caitlin and Chad or was it God? Um, you see God is at work in all the things and all the people, and also the people are also at work in all the things and all the people. So to ask that question is sort of to just keep circling the drain, basically, and never get to an answer. So then we're always like, well, I can't. it's probably not God, it's probably me. Or it's, but I think the better question is always, is it true and is it good? Because if it's true and if it's good, then it's God. That idea that God is leading us into truth, not like factual correctness. Is it factually correct that beauty is a game? <laughs> ah, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But it's, it's true and it's good, isn't it? What a beautiful, th- I mean, what a beautiful idea to spend the week looking for beauty to open us to God. Like that's a fun game right there. But not just like a frivolous game. This is a game that invites us to the way of God at work in the world through beauty and through life and look at the lilies of the field he says to a people who are anxious and worried about paying their bills Uh, he doesn't say here's a financial counseling plan which is a good idea too but he says look at the beauty of the field look at the lilies look at the birds look at the look at beauty look at the way the world works so this idea that God is speaking truth but not like factual correctness but a truth that's truer than that Right? A truer truth that is about uh, awakening, about life, about fullness, about the ways of the, of, of, of the good, good road, of the pathway, of the hike. Um, that that's what God, and that kind of truth is available all the time because it's a personification of truth. It's not an ab, uh, 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 abstract truth. It's like, I'm, 
I am truth. And we were talking about the Emmaus Road of these disciples being disheartened and like not getting it. And then the stranger walking among them and beginning to open up even the scriptures. So we would say the scriptures are the truth, but we would say without Christ, the scriptures are just one more religious book. Without the living spirit of God, the word incarnate in Christ, even the scriptures aren't going to lead you to truth without the Spirit of God speaking that truth for you in this present moment, in this present day. It's pretty trippy my, my in all the right ways. My takeaway from all four of those games we've heard shared and very, very different, yes. none of them are competitive. Huh. Did anyone get a competitive and game? And, like, you may have done, and that's okay. Like, don't be afraid if, like, yeah, you just imagined a board game and Jesus smoked you at it. Like, that's okay. Um, or but he is was yours gracious not competitive? Enough. No, it's cooperative. Like, it's oh. you versus the game. Oh, I see. So it was, wow. like, you versus the game and just, like, y'all having fun. Like, all very different ideas. I, the, even that, I, I won't read too much into it, but I think there's something in that that we all of going to that place of like, again, Jesus kind of walking with us rather than going against him, I yes. suppose. It's yes. like, it's a one-on-one -on -one game of soccer and it turns out Jesus is better at soccer than me. Like, right. Yeah, that's interesting. I w did, it, did Jesus verse anybody in a game or did they come alongside, did Jesus come alongside to help play a game? Mm. Did anyone get, sometimes I've played chess, you know, which I'm like, this isn't fair. Um, <laughs> but, um, but the, the why has been, I need to teach you some strategy, you know, and the, the image I get is my, my husband plays chess with our boys a lot and often will let them win to teach them how to win, you know, like uh, stuff like that. So it was more like a tutorial uh, sort of fun thing. Anyone get, I, I've, one of my favorites was hide and seek. Did you get that? Where Jesus, you know, ever play hide and seek with a kid and Jesus will be like, I'm over here. Because <laughs> it's no fun if they can't find you. It's the, the whole point of the game is to be found. And uh, that was kind of the, the game meaning to me. Anyway, this is, I think, what, what it is. And for the way, the truth, and the life, for the good news, for those of you going, like, how long is this uh, podcast going to last? Is <laughs> just simply this, that the, the way and the truth um, of Christ with us, helping, teach us, show us, love us lead us is life that is life you know and the, the opposite of that of course in john 10 10 is jesus saying like the enemy has come to steal kill destroy but i have come that you might have life and have it to the full so that zoe life is not life eternal in the next world that zoe life is a quality of life that is open to the ways of god now so that's what that that's where that goes that is the way that is the truth uh, is that we are living a Zoe life, attentive to the ways of God in the here and the now. That's it. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> May it be so. Mm, mm. Uh, do you want to close for us in prayer? Will that be a good sure. uh, way to end? And the, uh, the image I have even as we're closing in prayer is just my son when he watched one, I don't know if it was some Star Wars, and the Star Wars Jedi guy was saying, I am with the force and the force is with me. I am with the force and the force is with me. And I think Judah was probably about five or six and we went on a hike shortly thereafter and he spent the entire hike just saying, I am with God and God is with me. I am with God and God is with me. I am with God and God is with me. And that's the prayer that I feel. So I, I just feel that that's the prayer. Uh, we are with God and God is with us. We are with God and God is with us. We are with God, and God is with us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Danielle. <laughs>